back to the Keenan Late Podcast, the Premier Whiskey Podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Not pizza. Not pizza. No pizza in the title. Not with nothing <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. This is your host, Jake, speaking here live from the Fountainhead Roof Deck on one of the most beautiful fall afternoons I've ever experienced here in Chicago, I, especially I in early November. Yeah. We're still without a president, but that's okay. The numbers are <laughs> getting in. We're uh, soon to be have a, maybe a newly elected, maybe have the, our dear leader stay for four more years. No one can really tell at this point. But I am joined here on a very special afternoon with the one and only Wilson Reza Ramon Torres. Hey, hey young world. <laughs> Some people hey, fi- young world. People have been filling that in for you lately. Um, one yeah. of them, which is Be- Brett Bauer, multiple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also with us today is Bob Zacharias, Bobby bar Z. manager, beverage extraordinaire, and wonderful Steagle Pour. Phenomenal. Great uh, for Pour. I mean, look Great at the lacing. bubbles. Mm-hmm. Lacing look how hot that lace. I'm telling you, I think I need the glasses. Chicagoans love to complain about the weather, but there Not is today. nothing to complain about today. And our fourth uh, man at the table is Samu Ron, back by popular demand. Uh, always a pleasure to be part of this, not least as this summer series. It just seems mm. to be stretching onwards into <laughs> infinity. <laughs> may it ever be so. He may not pour a Stiegel better than Bob. I bet he does, but he has better sunglasses than Bob. You know, Bob. I've never I had a Stiegel poured by you. I think that's next stop. No. Let's go. We're going to do it tonight. I then. could we'll do, do that. that on the 14th. Yeah. I could, I could yes, there we go. Do, do it, it on, on the 14th. 14th. It'll give me some time to practice. You know, I can do a lot of <laughs> just cardio and jumping jacks <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> I get my Stiegel muscles tightened up. Speaking that of leads which. right into where we're, uh, where we're going to today with this conversation. Yeah. Um, as many of you know, we've been recording here since uh, early June. Uh, graciously, Bob opened the roof deck doors. We, well, we actually just broke in the first time <laughs> and recorded a podcast here ever since June. We uh, started recording the podcast at Beguile Brewing, which is just down the street from here. But due to COVID and you know being indoors and the uh, legalities changing and shifting every day, we uh, started to record from my apartment for a little bit, but then Bob said, you know, come on, keep recording here. So we have, and it's been a wonderful summer as we're leading into a warm fall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the the effects, the consequences of COVID have uh, impacted our city a lot. And us personally, Bob, most personally here at Fountainhead, because about what now, about four weeks ago, Fountainhead announced that they were going to be shutting down their doors. And we thought it would be very respectful and appropriate to talk about the history of Fountainhead, what it means to all of us at this table, the impact that it's had on the city and the whiskey community and beer community more in particularly. But uh, we wanted to give Fountainhead its uh, proper send-off, if you will. So, ooh, a little ooh, jazz music in the background. Yeah, yeah. such timing. Yeah, um, that but was perfect. Actually. Bob, I, I don't want to say anything more about your bar the bar that oh. your brother and John and other investors um, built and then the time that you've dedicated here for the last eight and a half years? Yeah, uh, I started here in April of 2012. 2012. Uh, about a month after John did. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been uh, been an amazing experience to say the least. Uh, when I started here, I like I've said on first time on the podcast, I didn't know how to pour a beer. I was a, I was a host and a busser <laughs> and I didn't know much about anything. And uh, fell in love with this industry mainly because of this room and uh, and what uh, what this company stood for and what we strive to do in terms of uh, giving people a great experience and um, cultivating a world class beverage program paired with locally sourced food and giving people a different sort of experience um, and I think that we did a great job with that for almost eleven years now. Um, unfortunately, the the challenges of COVID this year have been daunting. Uh, to say the least, and um, it, was, I know it was a very tough decision for our ownership and group that um, looking, while we were blessed to have this rooftop of opening back up in the in the summer, um, 
we of course adhere to all the proper guidelines and we're not going to break away from that because the safety of customers and our staff was always at the forefront no matter what um and that being said um while we could probably max out this rooftop at about 50% our normal capacity on any given night, um, tables aren't filled with six people, they're filled with two people. We're really at about 25% capacity and led to about 25% of our revenue, what our normal revenue would, would be. Uh, coming out of uh, a tough Chicago winter, uh, which they uh, always are, we never really got the spring because of the shutdown. And, um, you know, it was uh, a hard decision, but kind of projecting into another winter um and you know frankly i think we, they kind of we kind of anticipated another round of shutdowns this winter and um it was too much to too much to take uh two floor restaurant there's a lot of overhead and a lot of ancillary costs that go into running a restaurant and um so we decided it would be best for us to uh to shutter and then um but uh come back uh come back when it's a little bit more business friendly and um, we do intend to do that um, whether that is um, potentially moving into another space um, or holding on to this space and possibly doing a reconcept of something that's a little bit more friendly in, in any situation COVID or not um, and uh, COVID has no friends no it does not so but uh, I think, but I think ultimately you know I think um having some time to kind of process um, all of this and um, going through it it's uh, you know I, I want to focus on the on the positives and the yeah. great uh, relationships and friendships and memories that have been built here um, you know over the talking to a lot of customers and regulars and vendors and suppliers and um, you know the outpour of support over the last month has been truly touching and um, we gave a lot of people some great experiences here. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's something to be proud about. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, um, and we're all in this industry and in other walks of life, you know, we're not the only people who, are, who have been affected by this. And we'll all come on the other end stronger, hopefully. Yeah, I think one word I left out, too, is let's celebrate Fountainhead yeah. and all yeah. it's done. Not, mm -hmm. uh, not just to stick on the, the negative aspects of what COVID's done to the city and, you know, obviously with the bar, too, here. But everything that you guys have done um, yeah. for this neighborhood here in Ravenswood, Lincoln Square area of Chicago on the upper north side. And how that resonates around the world at this point mm. amongst all the people who've come through these doors and the stories that they then tell mm -hmm. uh, the people that they go back home to and those tendrils spread quite far. Yeah, even with Sarah and Sarah and Nick here uh, last week or two weeks ago from Mixkey Nomad, um, they're like, Oh, you guys recorded like a famous whiskey bar? And, you know, this is people from San Diego. I'm like, I'm not sure how famous. Oh, famous, it is. yeah, right. Uh, I mean, famous I mean, is, would be a strong word, but no, uh, but, but appreciated. The the kind words are right. more, more and than appreciated. It's a, a well respected um, nationally and internationally is definitely a fair statement to say. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I um, again, you know, there's moments where it's it's. It's tough to, to, you know, to envision a day where we're not up here. Um, that's a hard thing to still at times hard to comprehend. But um, again, finding ways to celebrate and find the positives and, um, and, and go forward. Yeah. What was uh, my thing? I have so many things around so much technology that's falling apart, Wilson. Um, but Bob, what was it like when you first started here? You personally, uh, I, it was kind of a whirlwind for me. It was uh, it was very much kind of 
walking into this big world, you know, and getting behind <laughs> that bar for the first time was yeah. extremely daunting. Uh, and um, hang on one second. We're just fixing a little audio issue here because um, it is the key. So yeah, it was. Podcast. It was. Uh, it was. There was so much, you know, and it was, it was hard to kind of process even just like. What is this and what is that? And the first time that I <laughs> that I sat down with my brother to taste scotch, I was the Dalmore 15, and he wanted my Dalmore tasty notes, 15. and I and I said it tastes like booze, <laughs> was, you know. Um, and he said, "You're going to go far." Yes, yeah, yeah. right. Yes, you got it, kid. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I think I fell in love with uh, with this place pretty early because there was there was so many things happening and so many challenges and um at that time we were it was kind of the boom of of craft beer and whiskey bars when um it was kind of the kind of 2010 to 2012 gastro pub sort of thing was was starting to become very prevalent and very popular and um getting people traveling in from all over the city Mm -hmm. um and you know, just to walk into a place that had a thousand whiskeys and <laughs> two hundred beers was was really was really cool. Um, and so you know, uh, at that time, it was just trying to learn as much as I can and and learn under people. Uh, I don't think that Fountainhead should be mentioned without the name Chris Kafkas, um, who was my first general manager here, hmm. who's become a very good friend and a mentor, and uh, taught me a ton about uh, customer service and products and. Uh, how to how to throw a great event and uh, yeah. and the relationships that um, that you build uh, in the restaurant and while you build those relationships certainly it helps the business but it also helps you personally as learning and meeting people and um, you know he was a great uh, great mentor for me um, and so just it was just growing and learning uh, taking every day and trying to learn something new learn about a new whiskey learn about a new beer learn where it comes from learn how it's made um, and then learning uh, about customer service, and um, it was it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, and, and, yeah, and it means this has been an amazing experience and something I wouldn't trade for the world. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's the positive thing to take out of it. And I know, not to share too much, you know, personally, the this, the night the decision was made was the actual night we were hu- recording the 100th podcast here, which uh, you didn't know at the time, and obviously we didn't know at the time either um, that that was going to be the outcome of what happened. But uh, to paint a picture for people that will not get to experience, you know, coming to Fountainhead and coming at least this manifestation of it, right? Perhaps. Exactly. Yeah, over here um, on the corner of Montrose and Damon, is that you walk in and you see a bar full of taps that are local and other great beers from around the world and then behind that is 900 whiskeys plus um that are curated from all over the world scotches world whiskey um, bourbon galore rise as well anything you're looking for um is behind that bar and then the people at the bar i think is what really makes it too is it's neighborhood people sitting there with a pint glass that's maybe half full but also with a glencairn too that Mm -hmm. might be uh inching away towards its bottom and trying just drinks from across the world and talking to people across from that bar that are educated upon what is inside of your glasses. And then also having some really great food too, which uh, I know my wife will miss the cheeseburger very greatly. (laughs) (laughs) It's a signature, no doubt. (laughs) One of the other great things about the experience of being at a bar like this is that it is able to bridge that gap uh, between the experience of the neighborhood regular who's curious to explore Mm. and the... um, 
gadabout person who's an ambassador flying in from Japan to talk about Wagyu beef and crazy <laughs> weird Hitachino beers, or some whiskey person who's um, launched some new unique expression and is uh, passing through on a professional or a personal level. Uh, it's a place where those happenstance meetings take place uh, regularly. It's not, it's not anything that's ever felt as though it's a, a manufactured cattle call. Um, mm. It just might be the person sitting next to you and then Bob just on the other side happens to say, oh, well, just so happens that so-and-so is here and then um, the knowledge expands in both ways since they're the person who's curious and wants to learn something new and a, a fountain of knowledge, not to mm. put too fine mm. point on it, <laughs> I that was actually it. not intended, I promise, I love the intention uh, is there. sitting right next to them I and then it. that person can then learn from someone who might have just walked two blocks away and said, oh, I see that this place has a burger and walks in and says, can I have a Miller Lite? No, you can't, but um, uh, you yeah, could maybe life. you could maybe have a Stiegel and then mm -hmm. whatever the, yes, all those conversations go into. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that organic sense of flow has been such a, a critical piece of what Mind Drawing 2 is. And I think great. that one thing that I learned kind of pretty quickly is that you can have uh, an amazing beverage program. You can have all the beer and all the whiskey you want without having a, a friendly, welcoming attitude. Um, to anybody who walks in the door. To, they don't have to know everything about bourbon to come and hang out here. They don't have to know everything about beer to come and hang out here. That was something that I, that really struck to me and that I wanted to, to, to grow with that. And, um, and it's fun. One of the most en enjoying times that, I've ha that I have behind the bar talking to people who want to learn more, want to, you know, have a conversation about beer or whiskey. You know, that's so fun to me. Um, and, again, without that, welcoming friendly neighborhood that's what we still are we're you know it's it does not uh, uh it doesn't mean anything if you don't have friendly people that are that are serving you um and that makes your experience better i've been to places that have tremendous products but it's very cold um i've been to places that don't have tremendous products but maybe they're the friendliest people and the most fun people behind the bar um, and I want to be there. That's who I want to sit at that, that person's mm -hmm. bar, you know. Yeah. So. At this point, it's easy to put together a good beverage list in terms of access to great offerings. It's not like you can only, through some arcane mastery of uh, beer or spirits, then put together a list that somebody would look at and say, oh, I have something for everyone here. It's then the curation of it. And mm -hmm. that's... That's the hard part at this point, it seems. And what I really love about the, the current conversation and all, but we go back, we each have used a different adjective or, you know, noun uh, when it comes to Fountainhead. Mm. Bob calls, refers to it as a restaurant. You referred to it as, you know, a bar. Jake, would you, what would you refer to? An institution, baby. There, there you <laughs> go. Yes. You know, I, me, it Church. was just, you know, it's, it's a place, you know, it's just like a place. You know, but it's the place, and it's that something sort of that I've experienced. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the. I remember when I first came here, I was told to come here because this individual knows that I love, you know, fireplaces. I love mm. a nice raging mm -hmm. fire. You know, I just it just makes me feel cozy, makes me feel good and comfortable. They're like, go to Fountainhead, you're gonna feel right at home as soon as you walk in. And lo and behold, I came on a rainy ass night. I was just had shoulder surgery, so I couldn't drink, but I just needed comfort. I was just at home, sterile, just like ugh. So I take an, I bring, I take a cab because this was pre pre Uber. He drops me off in front. I'm thinking, I'm all right, great. 
walk in and there's just just this warmth that just overcame me but it was more it wasn't so much about the heat and the people that were there it's just like man this is this is a welcoming space a mm-hmm. very welcoming space that allowed me to dive into certain things if i was hungry good food if i was thirsty good beer I just wanted a glass of water, which I could only have that day. I had the best glass of water. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just, it was just, and the fact that they they noticed that I had my brace on, they're like, "Hey, it's like, do you need a, do you need more space? Do you need something?" I remember the host, the hostess was like, "You can." I'm like, "I just want to sit by the fire. I'll wait however long. I'll wait in the rain, but I want to sit by that fire." Yep. And fortunately, she went over. What she did, I remember her clear as day. She went over to this a couple that was pretty much ready to leave and and asked him like could you let me know when you're about to leave because i have someone who really wants to sit here and as soon as those people got up and left and as we passed by the guy was like hey enjoy that fire mm-hmm. she cha- she shared hey there's this kid over there that wants to look at by the fire yeah. you know and i sat there for two hours hmm. drinking water water yeah you know I tipped big. Like, yeah. tipped big. Did you have any food? No, I was just, just so content. I had water. Wow. Well, because yeah. I was just, you know, ah, man, I had a so waiter's dream. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I know how much. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you, you know. Of course, so of I'm like, but it was the two hours that I'll never forget. And then, and mind you, this was before me going and in, getting into whiskey. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that was another experience within this space. So once I did get into whiskey, I'm mm. like, and I kept coming back here for water <laughs> <laughs> and beer because I love beer too. So I kept coming back for the beer. Mm-hmm. And then next, you know, I get into whiskey. I'm like, Fuck, this is, I, this has been here in front of me the whole fucking time. And I never once picked up that whiskey list. <laughs> and here's this whole new world, you know? So it's just, it was just, I grew up. You know, this yeah. was my tutor. That, that, I grew up here. I, can, I cannot yeah, say that. Saying? I mean, yeah, I, I totally crazy. did. I mean, when I was, it's interesting too, the difference from, from back in 2012 to now, like when I was hosting, there was no iPad with a reservation system. It was handwritten, handwritten down mm-hmm. and we would be on two hour waits for the rooftop, three deep at the bar downstairs waiting to get upstairs. And it was just yeah. like, Tom. Green jacket, black hat, <laughs> and write the time and how long he's been there. And it was just, it was clipboards, clipboards of, of lists. And then you would just ro- roam the room. Tom, Tom. Yeah. So you found your guy and get him upstairs, you know? I mean, those were, uh, those were some, some, uh, some fun, fun, crazy nights. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I totally grew up in this room. Yeah. Um, and that's why it means it does mean so much. And at the end of the day, it is it is the place, but it is just a place. And the the friendships and the mm-hmm. the thought process and um, and everything that you make it it'll those will endure. And that's exactly what we talked about, you and I. That the day you called me about this uh, said that although this rooftop is gorgeous and great and photographed ad nauseum uh, I'm sorry you can <laughs> as shutters click in the background um, you can you can take those bottles 
and yourselves to a different space, and you can, right. and people will people will follow. I agree. Uh, you can't necessarily take that fireplace to a different space. But no, you can't. But God damn fire it, is eternal as well. Yep. And fire uh, is new eternal. fires can be new fires can be kindled. Mm -hmm. uh, the first yeah. time I ever came here, actually, I sat next to the fireplace. Yeah. Uh, I was living in the suburbs at the time, and a friend and I were exploring the world of beer and. Uh, he was on a somewhat awkward second date, so I was <laughs> this somewhat awkward third wheel. Yeah. And I said, all right, well, let's go to the city and uh, check out a thing or two. And uh, I was looking at lists of what are some of the best places to go for a beer selection or that would have decent menus. And um, uh, Sheffield's was one of the first places that we oh, tried yeah. to go to. Oh, Walked Sheffield's. in, didn't realize that there was some college game going on, oh. and it was just a, a total disaster. Love Sheffield's, but it was not the right place <laughs> for an awkward <laughs> second date. And said, well, let's just pivot, and came here and sat next to that fireplace. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember what I had. I'm, I think it was just, just beer that night, didn't eat, but I do very distinctly remember that there was a mac and cheese dish on the menu Ooh. that you could add mm. rabbit to. Oh, yeah. you can add yeah. rabbit? And he added rabbit, which was a grave mistake because she owned a rabbit as her pet. <laughs> so that awkward second date became even increasingly awkward. Wow. And I was just sitting there with some tasting notes like, ah, oh, this beer is really uh, malty. You should try it, friend. <laughs> uh, it was very, very strange. But plus side, they're still married now. Are they really? So oh, that's cool. At least it had a good end to that piece of the Sorry, that's, that was kind of rude for me to sound yeah. that surprised about <laughs> <laughs> their marriage still being intact. That's kind of rude. Sorry. <laughs> But I love it because I think in this very, you know, is this considered what Ravenswood? No, mm -hmm. it's still yes. considered Ravenswood. Yes, we, we are technically Ravenswood. So what I what I dig about it is, and I and I this is what I love about Chicago. One of the very things that people, if you're not from Chicago or if you just moved here, seventy-seven neighborhoods, they all have their own mystique. Yeah, <laughs> and Ravenswood, the people of Ravenswood make this is their home base. This is their oh, home yeah. bar. But they refer to it as so many different things. I'm going to a bar, going to a restaurant. Oh, I'm going to go stop by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, oh. I'm going to go by church. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to go get a dram. It's everyone go has jam, yeah. a pint. an adjective mm -hmm. for it, other than Fountainhead. They never oh. say Fountainhead. Oh, I'm going to go to the know, rooftop. To the yeah, I'm yeah. going to hit the top. You know, I'm going to you know, it, it's. I find that so fascinating. You know, but that adds to the experience and. I, I did some digging about older Chicago bars hmm. um, in, in lieu, you know, just passing time on my way here. And I came across an article that um, your brother took part in with Marty Duffy. Um, He's dead to me. Mike Miller. Uh, also dead to me. And the <laughs> Mike Miller from uh, Duke from of Perth. From Duke of Perth, yeah. Oh, and he's alive When was this? Oh, my God, many, many from? years yeah, ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it talked about how Fountainhead was this up-and-coming whiskey bar in Chicago. Upstarts, yeah. And your brother Aaron was like, well, we're not looking to be that because, you know, we're at Duke of Perth. This is the whiskey bar to, uh, to, to me. You know, this was from Aaron. But, yeah, you know, I like it so much that why, why wouldn't you copy some, not copy, but why wouldn't you mimic something yeah. that is, resonates with you and share with others? Because Aaron emulated a lot of the whiskey collection based off of Duke of Perth. Well, right? that's, where he's, that's where he learned. That's that where he okay. cut his teeth on. I on didn't scotch, the, On scotch okay, especially. Yeah. He cut his teeth at Duke of Perth. And, okay. and wow, I think he, he definitely knew, he wanted to do something different. Yeah. But that's where he kind of... I guess fell in love with scotch on a personal. Oh yeah, we all gain inspiration level, from you know? anywhere, but mm -hmm. I just found that 
I was just digging. Just, yeah, that's good. That's and I came across that art. I didn't finish it because I got here. But I'm like, holy fuck. How crazy is that? You know, I mean, you know, it's just, it's amazing what spaces become places and become home. Yeah. I mean, this is almost, uh, and for good, for better or for worse, there are a lot of times I feel more comfortable here than in my own house. You know, like there's, I uh, truly like, uh, just again for better or worse, I wake up and I think about this place and I get here and I you know there's something that's that's calming to me about coming in here and being behind the bar and um, as evident by the amount of shoes I've left here as well <laughs> like a second home so you gotta switch shoes kick, sometimes kick you know I mean in the changing like, shoe attire depending on if you're yeah. if no you're bartending are. or if you're managing or <laughs> sure, sure, if sure. you're in the keg cooler right. if it's snowing out so you've got your house shoes and you've got yeah. your fountain exactly. house shoes. Exactly. Yes. Oh, well, when you when you ha- when you are wanting to be at a place that you work when you're not working, that's a mark of a good space. Yeah. Um, though there have been a number of times when we've been here, and then of course you're inevitably dragged into some sort of nonsense. <laughs> <It is. laughs> right, 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 it's worth. Yeah. It's worth it. When right. was the first time you were here? First time I was here, I not totally sure, but the first time that really sticks into my head was after work at Koval, my first or second week of work, and we sat right at that table in the middle of the rooftop. Um, and it was I know it was my first time at the rooftop. I know that um, for sure. And I had a um, an around the bend, I believe. Okay. Uh, of some sorts, because I remember it being on the tap, and I had not had it, and they had very distinct taps at the time. Handles. Four, four years, four years ago. Four, five, six, five. five? Okay. I think it was around the bend. Maybe it wasn't around the bend. You know what? Probably would have been one of their first offerings at that right. moment. Maybe uh, Vera, Cremel, or uh, Villainous. No, I don't. Th- well, Villainous. Yeah. yeah. Ghost of Electricity, Kolschbeer, yeah. maybe. Anyway. And, and I, no, like I was in. I was working for a whiskey distillery, but still much in a beer phase at that point in my life, and not drinking. Um, I was drinking more beer than whiskey still at that point, but came with most of our staff and. It was a great time. It was kind of the first bonding experience of that staff we had and that cohesion came together, but it was also just sitting here and everyone was super nice, I remember, and very knowledgeable of the beers that were on on tap. And obviously people come up here and probably drink more beer than whiskey, I'd assume, while being outdoors and other cocktails based on the season. But it it made me feel comfortable with people I was just meeting for the first time, but also gave me like, oh, this is a really cool place to come hang out after work too, Um, working in this neighborhood but not living in this neighborhood. And it stuck to that. What you were saying, Bob, about you love coming here. You don't, you know, you you think about coming here. It's the nights as as a brand ambassador when you're going all around and you're planning your week out and like I'm looking at my Wednesday or looking at my Thursday, whatever it might be. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to end the night at Fountainhead or we have something at Fountainhead. Those are like the days you look forward to because you can always end at something not comfortable, but something cozy, something where you're welcomed. And I know, like, you know, thankfully, you've been very supportive of what I've done as an ambassador with our company. Um, I think all three of us can speak to that, that hospitality that we've uh, garnered and really appreciate here. But I mean, I don't know how many events I've (laughs) I've done here over the last year and a half. Yeah. And um Whenever I say like, "Hey, we're gonna do at Fountainhead," or you talk to the people that are involved with the event, like, "Oh, perfect! I haven't, I haven't been there in a while," or "I've been wanting to do a whiskey event there," or like, "I love it there." It's always something so positive about the experience, and I can't say that about every venue in the city. I can't say that about every bar in the city. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. As we try to, to scope down some more beers. Uh, my brother's actually calling me like, right now. Like I'm sorry, guys. Give me two seconds. Hospitality is great here. Wait, wait, wait. Well, um, that's no. just another example of Bob trying to take care of a... Uh, Take care of some people at right. the table. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this is actually perhaps a perfect time to mention it while he's away. But one of the things that is always so tricky to finagle when you're managing those relationships between being a customer as well as being a, um, a representative is where do you draw the line between how that person serves you as a customer or then approaches you as somebody who's trying to sell to them? And so frequently that line blurs to the point where you're. Um, I don't want to say necessarily taken for granted, Thank you. but are not treated much like a customer anymore. Yeah. And in some senses, there are perks to that, sure. There's a way that you can just sort of wander in at any old hour and sit down somewhere. But uh, there's a, a frequent lack of keenness in service that can take place. And one thing about Bob is that anytime you're here, Regardless of what time you're coming in, what the purpose of the visit was, there's always that eye towards, how can I take care of you? And that is, I think, one of the most unteachable skills. Um, Agreed. And I'm sure it'll be transferred wherever he finds his way. Yeah. You know, and, and I agree with you in that sense because it's one, of, it's one of very, very few places, Jake knows this about me, that once I'm at home, I'm not leaving. Mm. But I can always, even if I don't have that, that, that energy in me, you say you found it to me and I get a second wind. It's one of those places like I'll get my second wind either when I'm on my way there or while I am there. And then it turns out to be a, a top night, you know, but it's, it's one of very, very few faces that I can garner up some energy. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go. I'll meet you there or I'll go there or what, right. whatnot, you know. No, my wife has that same effect on her. It has the same effect on her too. Where I called her the other night, I was sitting up here for the um, the election night, and uh, we opened a really cool bottle of Jim Beam that night. And I called my wife. I'm like, "Hey, do you want to come up for dinner here?" And she's like, "Are you a fountainhead?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Yeah, I'll be there in like five minutes." <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, "Well, we live 20 minutes away, but I'll yeah. see you then." Still, but still no, five it's, minutes. It's Ben's space time continuum. Right. For this. It always gravitates towards. Oh, I can come hang out, have a good burger. Maybe have a good kebab. I don't know. Go crazy. <laughs> uh, get the masala chips. But it's just like it's just like, like really like cozy is the best way to describe it. And we've always talked always talked about how bars and restaurants are extensions of our neighbor of our living rooms in this city. And sure. this truly is that because you can walk into the corner of the bar and there is that fireplace. There is that fireplace. And yeah. that place you can sit and just have a a good old or time drinking some water. Sit on mm-hmm. on the top on outside of your patio, or yeah. you know, people in the city that don't know garden. this roof deck exists. Just I laugh at <laughs> every. I was, two girls just before I came here at a meeting. They was, I'm like, oh yeah, I go up to Fountainhead, and they're like, oh, what's that? One, Grand. One of them just moved here from New York a year ago, so she kind of moved to the wrong time where everything shut down after she moved here. But I'm like, oh, you never got to hang out the Fountainhead roof deck like in a summertime. What oh. benighted level of existence is that? Right, subhuman. <laughs> Get out of here. Move back to New York, wherever you're from. <laughs> what are some of the best events that you remember having here, that you either attended or that you uh, uh, yourself were responsible for? Uh, I mean, one of my favorite nights of the year is always our Oktoberfest night. Yeah, um, I remember you we've very had, giddy that oh, night. Okay. I have some Oktoberfest video is it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, about, I think it's been nine out of 
the 10 years, uh, nine years in a row at least now, we uh, always do an Oktoberfest celebration. We get a local German band, mm. which is an oxymoron, I realize, but uh, <laughs> they're locally based, but they're a German performing <laughs> yeah. uh, trio. Um, and they've got the full oh, Alpen man. horns and the little bells. I forget what the... Alpine, uh, the Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. Yeah. Yeah, they got the Glockenspiel, and we tap anywhere from six to ten Oktoberfest beers locally, yeah. regionally, internationally. Everything goes, everything served either... It's like you just go and you say small or big, and it's liter or half liter, um, and everybody's hoisting liters, and it's regalis, and it's it's a, definitely a night that you know it's a, a celebration, and it's one of the few nights that no matter what company, uh, distributor, brewery that people work for, even if they may technically be competitors, that people come together that night um, and all, all hang out and enjoy themselves. That is always one of my funnest nights of the year. Uh, certainly, in terms of the biggest events that we, that we do or we have done is the annual release of Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. Um, ourselves in two other places in Chicago, at least for the last six or seven years, um, we always release the draft on Black Wednesday. Gotcha. Um, which is before the bottles get released on Black Friday, the day so they, they kind of split Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, and so that's the day that the, there's a line outside the door at 1:30 p.m. <laughs> we have the, I have the same group of guys, four or five guys that come in every year. They're the first guys lined up. Yeah. It's like their annual, it's their sort of ritual, and they do it every year. And they sit at the same four or five spots at the bar, yeah. and they immediately order a couple big big bottles, uh, previous vintages to share before <laughs> the drafts get going. Shit. They also they spend a bunch of money. They have a lot of fun yeah. that's a night uh, my brother Aaron has had to jump behind the bar and wash glasses because we're because we are so busy uh, you know that's uh that's always a big one um, it might get dark is an yeah. uh, annual celebration where we tap um, 27 dark beers oh, um, from barrel aged stouts to dark Czech lagers to you know, mild ales, even mild ales, sour brown ales. Uh, the only non-dark beer is Stiegel Pills. Stiegel Pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if anyone wants something light, they can get a Stiegel. Uh, it's okay with me. But um, and we play dark music, and <laughs> it's just it's a it's a. It's, can you describe dark music? Yeah, it is dark music. Uh, I actually shouldn't be the one to explain the music theme because that's not I can't. Samu, you're the musician. Uh, well, it's actually since it's rather interesting since I initially thought it was just going to be um, sort of a, a faux metal night, <laughs> and there are few things more frustrating than a faux metal experience. Uh, but uh, when I first, since Kafka was still hosting at the time when I first came to it, and his musical chops are 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 deep, uh, but dark, much as in the beer context, could apply to a lot of different styles. Similarly, in the musical style. Uh, it just whatever you took the inspiration for. Maybe it was again that two percent mild. Maybe it was an eleven and a half percent old-fashioned inspired Scotch ale that's served on cask. Um, <laughs> maybe it's death metal. Maybe it's dead can dance. Who knows? As uh, uh, takes all kinds. I I do think I should say one of my favorite one-off events that I have done here um, in my time. Um, I have a deep uh, love for smoked beers. Yes. Uh, as well as peated whiskeys, and um, we, myself, and I got to give a ton of credit to Samu, who really kind of came to me with the idea, um, and we worked together in putting together a smoked beer event, uh, which not a lot of people, it's not the most 
thing that people are running towards, but it's such a unique, uh, unique style um, and different directions that people can go in it. And we put together a Rock is Right uh, <laughs> night and had it was an, pretty badass. and had an amazing turnout. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, one of the most successful things that we that we've done, and yeah. uh, that was so much fun. Absolutely. I was so glad that we were able to pull that off. Great call on that one too. That was such and that with an event idea that obscure. It's one thing to say, all right, let's uh, pull off a Bourbon County release, which is a lot to do in terms of the structure and how you scope things uh, or how you plan things out, how you staff it, how you stage the pours, uh, the investment, of course, because those are not inexpensive beers, and then grappling with having three, four, five barrel-aged Imperial Stouts on draft uh, and how long that takes. That's, that's, That's a lot. But to then go to somebody and say, so you know this niche style that virtually nobody cares about? What if we put like five of those on draft mm-hmm. simultaneously? And to have the answer be, oh, oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then have the turnout and both people from the public as well as the range of brewers, the number of brewers who were in there in here that night yeah. saying things like, this is so awesome. When are you doing this again? Can I please participate? <laughs> Uh, and or also in a couple situations, why was I not invited? Uh, I so would have participated in this. Um, yeah, that was that was that was great. Cheers the, to you on that one. Were they uh, were those guys from Minnesota part of that? Some remember at uh, Bitter Pops that Absolutely. night. Absolutely, yeah. I, I um, okay. The Hammerheart crew. Yes. They were yeah. sort of the guests of honor in a sense. Yeah. Uh, Schlankella in absentia, guest of honor. <laughs> um, they and then I think there was sort of a yes, Schlankella. Uh, the quintessential smoke beer brewery of the world uh, actually ended up uh, retweeting or tagging something on Instagram yeah. and shared that with Bob. And I think your response was something like, I think I can die happy now. Yeah, yeah. I made it. I <laughs> yep. made it to Schlenkel. You made it to Bamberg. Oh, you know? okay. All right. uh, yeah, that was the first beer that really, uh, when I, my first job in the restaurant, where when I was 21, I was busting tables at the bar in Buena. And they were doing, at that time, it was their second annual Swedish Covenant tasting uh, fundraiser for the local hospital. And bringing in uh, beers from all over the world, locally too. I remember at the, when I was 21, 2008, um, Metropolitan. At that time, it was one of the first uh, real craft uh, in here in Chicago, um, at least in that, starting that wave. And so they were there, but then import beers. We had 11 different suppliers. And I met David Frost from B United Imports. And uh, I tried a Schlenkerle Martzen, and I was like, I can't believe, like, this is what beer can the be. The heavens like, open. Yes, it was like, and then, of course, I, I loved it so much, I told my brother I wanted to cook with it. And he said, no, 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 no. You don't cook with, with Schlenkerle Martzen. You drink Schlenkerle Martzen. You do not cook with it. Just buy a smoked sausage and throw yeah. it in some regular beer. You do not ah. use this. And so that was kind of a full circle for me to then, you know, be at least mentioned by that brewery. Um, that was a great night. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, how many people you think have had that experience where this is what whiskey can be, this is what beer can be, this is what the style of beer can be, this is how I compare my spirits, my alcohol with food. I mean, this is a place for that. Wow. And before we, I want to get kind of back into the idea of what you, who came here and what you did here was like what other icons came here, you know, like in the, in the spirits industry and in the beer industry that you were like, wow, this person's in our place right now having a drink with us uh richard patterson was in the room he's a master distiller blender for dalmore um and does he's world-renowned scotch distiller um 
He was in George Grant. Um, uh, the I believe his technical term is president. He's the son of the owner of Glenn Farkless. Um, he he would come here every time he come to Chicago. He would come here. Uh, getting to meet him was was an amazing experience. Um, Which we just talked about that relationship that you guys have had with them. Yeah, I mean that's something that my brother uh, my brother met George uh, over ten years ago now, um, and they are you know I think. Certainly, I connected with that distillery because they are a family-owned and have been a family-owned distillery since 1836. Uh, they're a fifth generation, um, and I think the family aspect that they have um, spoke to me of us being kind of a family-run business, um, and they developed a friendship over the years, and we went out to, have been out to Glen Farkless. We've done three different private uh, casks with them. Um, I've been fortunate enough to stay there for five days and have... It's you envision. I think I've talked about it before yeah, on a podcast, yeah. but you know the the family aspect of this grand distillery. But really, they live right down the street from them. They get done with their day of work and they have dinner with their family, just like everybody else. And that really struck. You know that that meant so much to me. Um, and that you know it's it's about the relationships and it's about the people yeah. as much as it is about the product. Yeah, we can hold these people up as icons and almost like demigods in a exactly, way, but right. they are just normal people, And but they've come here to visit your your place, their establishment, your institution, if you, if I will. Um, like, But yeah, who else is, have you come and just had conversations with her? Like, wow, this, this person is somebody who I would only, not necessarily dream, but imagine about having a drink with. That's what, Samu started to touch on that in terms of the range of people that have right, come in right. here, but I mean, you can even discuss how the Hitachi no came in here. I mean, that... That was fascinating. So <laughs> much as Bob adores that that Schlenkeller, the the Hitachi no brewery, the Kyuchi family brewery from Japan, is also close yeah. to both of our hearts. And um, Fountainhead is the only place that I have ever been that actually ended up with a Hitachi no branded I umbrella, that, yeah. umbrella, uh, <laughs> and an and a neon and a neon and as well. Neon. And <clears throat> so when life goals, uh, man, life Toshiyuki Kyuchi, the the owner of of the brewery was coming to Chicago. He himself is um, not only a, a, a brewer, but they do produce spirits, uh, was bringing his um, his lead distiller to Chicago to explore some of the, the footprint here and um, had been told of, of Fountainhead. And so through some jockeying and jostling with David Frost, um, Bob, me, we were coordinating a visit here and it was a busy night. I don't remember mm -hmm. what, I th maybe it's a Saturday. It was, I think it was a Saturday night. It was night. a Saturday night. And the idea was, right, well, there's, there's Toshiyuki, his distiller, and his daughter. Um, and then we'll try to get there maybe around 6-ish. So we've got this table. Great set. 6.30 sort of rolls around like, ah, what's going on here? What's the situation? And then I hear from David that we have an entourage. And oh, about shit. seven <laughs> Japanese people roll in <laughs> after having been at these two or three other Wonderful. spots doing and some tastings. I've, I've got a one table that really fits table. five to yep. six comfortably. Pre-COVID days. <laughs> uh, Pre-COVID uh, days. And we're, we're on a wait. We're, yeah. we're filled, you yeah. know. And they just uh, cram into that table <laughs> and immediately start like, pouring through the menu and asking questions like, oh, what do you think about this beer? What do you think about this beer? Uh, and Bob is trying to spend as much time as he can, but at the same time it is banging in here yes. yeah. so it's just going back and forth like ah uh, uh yeah this is great this is great and did an expert job they ordered virtually the entire menu double, um, they were big fans of double ipas yes uh, yeah interestingly ah. enough something they really wanted to do uh, spiteful something to yep. they worked yep. for the weekend weekend yep uh, um, they really they were interested in the american craft right beer and yet uh of course at that moment in time 
you did not have a slew of double IPAs on draft. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Naturally. So it's always the way it works. Happened to it's be like that, that with cask beer. It's like oh, right. whenever yeah. you're like it's like people when you don't have a cask beer on, everybody comes in like, Oh, what do you got in the cask engines? Yeah. And whenever I do put a cask beer on, nobody comes no in just comes in and nobody just comes in and just and it's like the call. You know, they're not even looking at a menu. They just walk <laughs> up and they say, What's on cask? That never happens when I actually have something on cask on. Just the, the timing of it. Just like you know, seasonally, right now is the season for hot bourbon cider, and it's 70 degrees outside. Right. Right. Which I'm not complaining about 70 degrees, no. but no, take that. But, yeah, uh, no. I had one on Friday night, and I'd rather be doing this than yes. having one. So even yes. though it was Friday night delicious, was, yeah. Friday night was chilly. Your hands get cold. Yes, <laughs> that's all. It, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> but uh, how many of those people that you've you know you've had here and you've welcomed and invited and share this whole place with how many of them have reached out over the last uh, month or so a lot a lot of a lot of people have uh, whether it is uh former co-workers uh whether it is um again suppliers vendors regulars customers it really the i i think at first it makes it even more heartbreaking when you start hearing all these stories and people reaching out to you and and thanking you but then it's it, you take a step back and you're like we did we did something pretty great here, and um, and that's something to be proud of. Like I said, and um, it's uh, it's emotional at times, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's. But be proud of the achievements. There's you know? a couple of great people yeah. here coming oh. in. We're just oh. holding the space for two gentlemen who work somewhat in the beverage industry somewhat, from somewhat from a place that is industry. not to be named or uh, mentioned. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> One of them may or may not have been on the podcast. podcast. I don't know. Kevin, I think his yeah. name was. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> Todd? I don't know what it was. Uh, again, I think it goes back to the relationships and, and, and the people that have done great things from working here and using this as a springboard to other mm. opportunities. You know, mm. that's that's something to really be proud and, and happy about, too. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I love this place, but it. it uh, we'll be a, there'll be another place, yeah. you know, and yeah. all of these friendships and relationships will, will endure as well. And yeah, again, this doesn't just directly affect it doesn't just directly affect me. It affects our staff. It affects our yeah. distributors and suppliers that we work with. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you I know, know, we're all in this together. Yeah. You know, this is wow. I, I sent a message through as soon as I heard to my team, like, hey, and one of the guys just started. He doesn't even know what Fountainhead is. He lives in California, but you know, my boss was like. He like called me to see if I was okay, because <laughs> he yeah. knows how much this bar like means means to me uh, as just a patron and a guy who brings some whiskey in every once in a while and a lot of and a lot of microphones though. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I just you know thank all thank you guys for the love that you've shown not only to me personally but our space as well and uh, the amount of work that um, I mean myself and Samu have have been meeting on Mondays and Thursdays for the last six years. Just Roughly, about. just about six years, yeah. you know. I mean, that's, um, it's it's a, it's a good to you know, it's, it's positive. Yeah. And um, just want to thank you guys for all the support. Don't, um, we haven't done anything. You, know. you make it easy. I've done a lot. <laughs> I have to admit. Um, where do I start? You have done a lot. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> God no, no. I barely scratched the surface with Bob and his brother and the staff here and the people that we've engaged with. I mean, this is. But I tell you what, this one hurts. This one hurts. It does, and there's no denying that. But yeah. to to your point, Bob, that that's 
there is something else that will come from this and that in the meantime so much not everything because it can't be but so much of what drives this place's identity and its sense of um, purpose and uh, and its its hospitality does still live in not only all the people who will tell stories about this place but also in places like the Borambuena and the Northmen on the Riverwalk uh, as sister locations um, really driven by some some shared um, shared values mm-hmm. and if you like the whiskeys that you can get here you can go to the Borambuena and enjoy Bar-Buena. a lot of yep. a lot of that similar mm-hmm. offering it's very yeah very good underrated it's whiskey list over there for sure underrated. I agree. so that's that's definitely something I want to want to make sure is is not lost on people who might have only known Fountainhead and haven't yet made those other discoveries. There's always something more to discover about the Fountainhead and the Fountainhead group at large. It's truly a, a resourceful and innovative group doing it in a relatively bootstrapping sort of mo- mode. This is not uh, the Darden group or, uh, we're, uh, we're uh, or, not or even or Lettuce or something like we're that. Not, yeah. Yep. And the a way that you've been able to punch, I don't want to say punch above your weight because you're true heavyweights, but the way that you've been able to establish yourselves and your culture without having a multi-billionaire level investment group uh, is it's no. truly something to behold i agree agreed it, it feels right now like a really hard breakup when <laughs> you can only think about the you only think about the really great positive times of that relationship and right. how much it hurts because you don't have it anymore or it's coming to an end but you also do know there truly is better days ahead yeah. and it's getting your mind outside of that and focusing on the, what the positives of what you've learned, what you experienced over all these years. It's like what Samu said, you can take those with you. And yeah. also, as you said, it's not the last iteration of Fountainhead. No. no. And those, those stories, that whiskey list, that knowledge will come with you, with the staff into the new space, whenever that is. And hopefully there'll be some resemblance of what happened here but also a new chapter that gives people a whole new opening to experience the city in a different light, whiskey yeah. in a different light. The, be- the breweries that come here that have encompassed you know, your tap list and you've poured here because we have you can uh, steer stones throw away anywhere in the city from a great brewery, but then bringing other breweries from around the country and around the world too. Mm-hmm. It's all about having those experiences, enjoying them, keeping them in mind, and moving on and hopefully yeah. hopefully you can find new ones yeah i should i it just hit me i was thinking of events not to backtrack oh. here but another favorite event that i'll, I'll try to be brief on but goostling oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> an event that we uh have done for a couple years now with ailman brewery with nate and jim yeah. who are here uh it's an old german tradition um in the winter you take a strong bach lager nice and you take it take it take it back from a small technical delay but uh, we were talking pokers and caramelized sugars in the beers. Rooftop problems. Yeah. Never would be a Fountainhead rooftop <laughs> audio experience without a little audio delay. Fountainhead itself sort of hosting a, gla- hosting a glass. Yeah. Oh. Um, but, yeah, that's exactly the sort of event that would happen here. You don't take that to your average bar and tell them, I want to sell you beer. I want you to pay me for beer. And then I want to put an iron... <laughs> <laughs> from your fireplace hot. people are going to like it yeah, <laughs> but, yeah it's, it's the risk you take like you can't do that in bars you know in West Loop and downtown or in the Loop because it just it's just, it doesn't have the space for it or doesn't have necessarily the 
customer appreciation for it. Where or you can the ambiance, really. Right, right. Yeah. A lot of places can't. I mean, I don't want to single anybody else that's out that could do it because there are obviously are outliers sure, sure. to every situation. But, yeah, places like Fountainhead will truly be missed because they'll take risks and I think what the biggest risk is I take on small brands too is that yeah showing appreciation not just to the big guys but also to the little guys yeah I and that's something that um, you know when I when um, while we were with Koval this was this was already an automatic relationship because Bob already had had Koval so we were just maintaining but and then my move to you know Unionhurst and it took me a little while because I didn't want to I didn't want to mess I didn't want to I didn't want to fuck with that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's one of those things where you're like, man, I was like, I know we would do well here, but do I really want to put, I'm like, fuck, but I got to work. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep my job. And I know we would do well because Bob would do his due diligence and do imp- and help your brand. So it was probably the one time that I, that I really second guessed myself. Not necessarily because of the product, but I didn't want it to interfere with how I felt coming here. I didn't want it to be business. I wanted it to be personal. So I, I played that selfish card. Uh, but ultimately, Bob, you know, was nice enough to strike up the conversation. Hey, so are you ever going to let me try some of your whiskey or are you just going <laughs> to hold it from me? And fortunately enough, you know, he was. No, it's, it's allocated. Yeah, I was just like, no, nah, you're, you're, you're not there yet, Bob. You're not there yet. You know, well. Not cool enough not, at school, yeah, Bob. Yeah, you're not you're not there, there, homie. But I mean, immediately, you know, and and it's and thankfully, it's you know, it it hasn't intervened. It hasn't. I mean, at least for me, I still feel what I feel for Fountainhead, and I still have the strong relationship with Bob, and I still have my friends that we I've made here. Um, this has always been a place, like I said, one of few places that have just no problem. I'll be there. You know, I do all my tastings here. Like if I'm meeting with influencers oh, or yeah. groups, I'm like, yeah, meet me at Fountainhead, no problem. And Bob accommodates however possible. That's and like I said, this one, this one's gonna sting. This is gonna sting pretty bad. But like Bob says, positivity comes from this. 2.0 is on around the corner, and um, I'll be there. I'll be there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can share. A, oh yeah. One of our, I was actually uh, uh. sat down with John, and we did an interview with a, a, a local writer who was uh, doing a larger piece on restaurants and bars that had um, had closed due to COVID. Um, he wanted to do a, a specific feature on, on Fountainhead, and um, it was nice enough to ask with me and John to sit down and chat with him, and we did, and <laughs> asked us some fun questions. And we were just chatting with him, and he asked about you know, what's the off the wall story or memory that's happened here. <laughs> uh, so there's some things that probably that shouldn't be talked about. <laughs> uh, I know there are plenty of moments that shouldn't be talked about. And outside of, kind of the forgotten general, shoes edition, so yes, of, uh, two shoes were forgotten that night. Security cameras of people falling, which oh. is very fun. Ooh, I love uh, it. Mostly love John Pubman. Uh, <laughs> <that, that laughs> Throw him right underneath uh, there. One of these chairs, he was sitting at the bar one time, and it just like done it on him. <laughs> and, he, and in the camera, it almost he almost is falling in slow motion, and then kind of like rolling on the on the ground like a turtle. Uh, I love it like here. a turtle. Second bus. One of our busiest days on the roof was a Saturday during the day. We're jam packed. At that point, the kitchen um, 
we had the kitchen up here going. Okay. The kitchen up here went down, so we had to run food from downstairs. Oh wow! This is at the height of, of the rooftop and everything. We're so busy. John is running food up and down like crazy, and he's walk. The camera has him coming up the stairs. And he's got two <laughs> plates in one arm, one plate in the other, and you can see him. And he's watch. He's watching his feet. You know, as he's going up the stairs, and as he's near the top, there's a, a group of people that are leaving the rooftop. He just looks up to say, hey guys, thanks for coming. And as he does that, boom, he oh. trips, goes right down to the ground, all the plates fall on him. And he just sits on his knees and kind of is like, this, God, why? Piss in the air. Because now we got to run back and refire all that food. And it's, and, but it's caught, it's, it's caught in, in its most pure form on camera, which, which makes it even better. But the one story that, that he asked about is that it's a story of memory that, is off of people. So, um, again, Saturday night, I had just kind of started, I was just moved to be a closing bartender, so this was in 2013, um, and this was in the, the, we were, like, a jam-packed all night long. It's about 11.30 or so, because the rooftop was still open, and uh, three gentlemen, using the word booster, <laughs> come to the bar, and I just happen to turn around, and they're right in front of me, and they just say, we'll take three Lagavulins. And they're wearing blazers, like they just came from like an event, an outing, a wedding, or some sort, but had no shirts on. And and I, and I just kind of like froze. I didn't okay. know, like, I, I was, I didn't know what to do. Ja- jacket uh, so required. I literally just like looked at them and then just beelined from the bar and went running to the roof to find John uh, to see what how I should handle this. And as I'm coming up the stairs, he just happened to be coming down the stairs. I'm like, John. Three guys at the bar, they just ordered a lot of people and they're wearing blazers with no shirts. What do I do? <laughs> Serve them? What do I do? And, he's like, and his line that's been repeated now for years and years is, Bob, the blazer is the shirt. <laughs> you serve them. Heard, serve them, got it. Run back down. I pour them three Lagoon 16s, which is $20 a pour. They rip it just like a, a shot of oh, Jameson. Man. One of them sits down, proceeds to fall off his chair, and I had to ask all three of them to leave immediately after that. Anyways, uh, but before so you leave, hindsight, well, maybe I was, you know. But uh, and that's been a, a story that has uh, has been told many times throughout the years to staff. In fact, two of our staff members, I won't use names, came to a holiday party one year wearing blazers with no shirts. No shirts. Uh, so that's kind of been something that's been. So good. I love so it. Good. But, uh, Where are those guys now? I absolutely love that. I absolutely fucking love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's. Is that a good place to. I think that's it. crowd starting to come in. Blazers, no shirts. For Thursday night. Yeah. we all could be so joyous to rip Or to be so confident to just wear a blazer with no shirt. I love it. Guys, Thank you. More than it's been amazing to sit down and chat with you guys, and, and I'm happy to do it anytime you guys want. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure has been all ours. Yeah, We're just man. here to record some conversations. Oh man, here he comes! <laughs> Say hi to people, make new friends, hear everybody's stories, and I think doing it in this setting, in this atmosphere, it added a lot uh, to those conversations and to this podcast. <laughs> It's going to be a very missed place, but um, as we've talked about, let's remember the good times. Focus on the positives that are, are going to come. Yeah. It's not goodbye, just 
I'll see you later, man. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Ooh.